0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the Tick Bootcamp Podcast. The title of today's interview is, Mommy, You're Doing It, an interview with Courtney Lamastro. My name is Richard Johannesson.
1: And I'm Matt Sabatello.
0: Today's podcast guest is Courtney Lamastro. Courtney Lamastro is a married mother of two young children from New Jersey. She is a graduate of Boston College and is employed as a sales and marketing professional for a global pharmaceutical company. Courtney Lamastro began to exhibit symptoms of a tick disease approximately 20 years ago. At the beginning of her college career, her tick disease symptoms progressed and she sought a diagnosis for her symptoms from several medical doctors. The doctor she visited dismissed her health concerns and diagnosed her with a busy life. Ms. Lamastro's life came to a halt after the birth of her second child. While many of her peers were returning to their normal lives within days of giving birth, she struggled to leave her bed for almost three months. She suffered from brain fog, nerve pain, headaches, anxiety, and light sensitivity. Ms. Lamastro's healing journey began when a friend insisted that she visit a Lyme specialist who had successfully treated that friend's mother. After a course of antibiotic and herbal remedies, she reached a plateau and took a recommendation from a fellow Lyme and began to treat with a kinesiologist. Today, Courtney Lamastro describes her health as much better than it was two years ago and better than it was last year. Recently, she took her son to the park, and when she began to run with him, he excitedly observed, Mommy, you're doing it.
2: Hey Courtney Lamastro, and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys.
0: Well thank you. We're really blessed to have you. And, and Courtney we'd like you to share with our listeners what your life was like before you began to show the symptoms of a tick disease.
2: Yeah I think that's a really, a really interesting question and a little bit hard for me to answer because honestly I'm not sure I remember my life before a tick disease. I was probably bitten about 18 or 19 years ago I never saw a tick bite I never had a bullseye I never had a rash so I never you know I never knew that I had been bitten by a tick but I was a pretty active kid and I played sports I rode horses I was super type a personality Um, you know I did well in school I was just a driven active person and so that's kind of what I always expected out of my life I expected to be kind of on the go and you know continue my pace of life continue my just you know go 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 and my my type a kind of personality
0: so Courtney is it your sense that you were bitten by a tick as a child and that you didn't become symptomatic until sometime later
2: Yeah, I mean, looking back on it and working with my doctors, we think that yes, I was probably bitten at some point in high school. And I probably started to become symptomatic right at that point. But I had no idea. I had no idea what Lyme disease was. I wasn't aware of what the symptoms were. And it wasn't until really last year when I was officially diagnosed that I could really look back over the Past, I don't know, almost 20 years and put the pieces together. I always had these kind of weird symptoms that never really made any sense. They never really w- went together. I would bring some of them up to doctors along the way and they would kind of like shrug things off and just say, oh, yeah, that's weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. It, so nobody could really, could really ever put it together.
0: So Courtney, now that you can look back or reflect on some of these early symptoms, can you share with our listeners what some of those specific symptoms were that you now believe were tick disease symptoms?
2: Yeah. So when I went to college, I gained a lot of weight and I would get these weird, and I, what, it's not like, I mean, yes, everyone kind of goes to college. They drink a little too much. They don't eat right. They gain a, you know, 10 pounds or whatever, the freshman fifteen. But I gained a lot of weight, and it wasn't like I was like excessively eating, or like you know, like I could probably rationalize rationalize a few pounds, but not the excessive weight gain. And I would wake up, and my eyes would be swollen out of my head. No one could figure it out. I'd walk around with these huge puffy eyes, and my face was all puffy. And so that's kind of when that was kind of the first thing that I that I noticed. And then as I you know I went through college, and as I started into my early twenties and in the professional world, I just started to get all kinds of just strange things. Like I would be really dizzy. I would have, I would get really lightheaded. I had like weird transient pain that I could never really explain. My hair would fall out. Just a whole bunch of like these weird things that sort of started to build over the course of my young adult life. I was really tired and people always said to me, oh, you're distressed, you're, you know, working a ton, you're a young professional, but it, it just never really seemed to make sense to me. I was excessively tired, but I, I'm a pretty like get up and go type person. I, I For me to feel so exhausted, it really was weird, but it became my normal. So it's kind of really just all I, all I knew.
0: Courtney when did you start being concerned enough about these symptoms to call them to the attention of uh, medical professionals
2: um, when i was in college i was concerned about the symptoms because they really didn't seem to make a lot of sense and so i started going to various doctors i went to you know, i went to rheumatologists i went to um, some different doctors who looked at like my hormone levels i would go to my pcp all the time and they all just sort of, you know, they would say, ah, like, there's a little something off in your blood work, but nothing major. And then when I was in my 30s, I, I really started to say this is strange, because my symptoms started to progress. And so I would go to different doctors, I was diagnosed, I think two years ago, I had like seven herniated discs in my back. And I thought, oh, maybe that's what's causing all this weird nerve pain and the joint pain. And so I did a lot of physical therapy. So I started investigating, but but no one really could give me a solid answer and no one could really make me better.
1: So can you walk us through, you, you, you noted how your symptoms began in college and progressed after college. When did you really get debilitated from your Lyme symptoms?
2: So after I had my second baby. I had, um, my daughter, she's now four. I had had a C-section. It was my second C-section and I could not recover. I, I was in like excruciating pain. I was exhausted. I still looked pregnant. I was, I felt like so out of it all the time. Um, and I just like, I just kept saying like, I'm not myself. I can't, I can't figure out why. You know, I have friends who are just, like, popping out babies and going out for a run two days later, and I, like, can't get out of bed, you know, two or three, three months later. So I, at that point, I was like, this is, this is crazy. There's something really wrong. And for the next couple of years, I really, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it, honestly. I mean, I probably went to a couple of different doctors. I went to, I live really close to New York City, so I was in and out of New York City going to different specialists. No one really could figure it out. They all said to me, oh, you know, you have a new baby. You have, you know, another, I had a a two-year-old at the time. Also, you're just tired. You're a working mom. You're busy, you know, and you just had a C-section. So give yourself a break, manage your stress, deal with it. But I, and I kind of did. I just sort of went on. I didn't really talk about it with anybody. I just said, okay, this is what it is. This is my normal. And, you know, you have two young babies to take care of. So get on with it. So I, I basically did that. And then about a year ago, I had been in physical therapy for all these you know, crazy discs in my back and I wasn't getting better. And then all of a sudden my knee went out and we couldn't, I could not figure out why. And I was in excruciating pain. I like, literally couldn't even touch my knee. It was so sore. And it was a Sunday. And then by Monday, I was like, I have to go to a doctor. I have to figure out what's wrong with my knee. And I woke up the next morning went to work I was like hobbling to work and I went to go to the doctor that afternoon left work went to the doctor by the time I got to the doctor my knee did not hurt anymore she was like pushing on it she was like all these things didn't hurt at all so I thought this is the strangest thing I've ever experienced like I'm not making this up so she said she was like why don't we test for Lyme because Lyme very often will show up in your knee and I thought, there's no way this is Lyme. So but sure, like, maybe, maybe this is something. And we tested, we got a, we got a negative. And I thought, okay, you know, back, my knee felt fine two days later. So, you know, back at it. But a a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends from growing up, her mom had been really, really sick with Lyme when we were younger. And somehow we got into talking, I had told her about this, this experience which is weird because usually I didn't tell very many people about any of this weird stuff that was going on and she said to me you have to go to my mom's Lyme doctor I think you might have Lyme she's like this all actually now makes sense so she urged me to go to a Lyme specialist and then that's where I was eventually diagnosed
1: so Courtney, a couple of things I want to point out for our listeners that you're not the first guest. Two weeks ago, we had Jolyn Desh on our podcast, and she was also told that it's just a stress of being a an active mom who's working a full-time job and to take some you know me time or you time. So I, that's, I think yeah. that's a caution for many of our listeners that if you're not feeling well, and you know it's not just the stress of being a mom, to keep pushing forward to find out what's really wrong with you. And what I'd like to hear more about is after your, your second child, you mentioned that you got really, really sick and you couldn't. And figure out what the root cause was. Can you talk more about those symptoms that you were experiencing?
2: Yeah, I started getting the j- joint pain. Like I had my knuckles would swell, my wrists would be sore, my back was would kill me all the time. I got really, really bad headaches. I had really, really bad anxiety, um, which I've had for years, but it got it got really pretty bad. I had what I now know is, is nerve pain that was in my abdomen. I had had um, abdominal surgery actually to go in and, and figure out what was happening in my abdomen because I had had such bad pain in there. Nobody could figure it out. I had my whole entire stomach reopened. They didn't see anything. So I now know that it was, it's nerve pain caused, caused by the Lyme. I also had these feelings of, it sounds so odd, but I felt like I was drunk like 95% of the time, and I wasn't drinking. So I was not drunk. It, I just felt like out of body and drunk, for lack of a better word. I, I also started to realize that I was having issues with my speech and with my memory. Um, and so that's really, I think, what scared me because I, I kind of started to say, this: all of these things are just not right and they're not normal. And so I, you know, to, to your point about working moms and women really needing to advocate for themselves and to push on. I realize this so much now, but you have to listen to your gut and you have to push and push and push because nobody knows your body better than you do. And if you really feel like something is wrong, then there's something wrong. And I think for a long time, for me, I, I knew in my gut that there was something wrong, but I was like, I don't have the time to deal with it. I have, you know, I have to keep going, going, going. I have a family to take care of. I have a career to focus on. I have my children I have to focus on. And so I just kind of pretended everything was fine. But in reality, you know, I had all of these wild things (laughs) happening to me.
1: So now here you are where they're running a Lyme test because of your your knee pain, and it comes back negative. So what happens next?
2: So I think that this is a perfect example of you have to listen to your gut and you have to know you have to be educated and you have to know what to, what to do in these situations, right? So, I mean, I was really lucky that I had this good friend of mine who her mom had been through this and she, she had been really, really sick. And my friend said to me, she was like, you cannot, you cannot ignore this. You have to go to my mom's doctor. You have to go see a Lyme specialist. And she, she pushed me. She was, she was like, do not ignore this. And, and in that moment, I said, you know what, as much as I have ignored this so that I can, you know, focus on my family and take care of my kids. And I said, the right thing to do here is to take care of myself so that I can go back to really taking care of my kids and my career and, and eventually get back to the, to the life that I want to live. So I went to see her mom's Lyme specialist and as luck would have it, she had like a month long waiting list. And she called me and said, we haven't, it was like a Tuesday. And she said, we have an opening next Friday, you have to come in today and get your blood work done. And I was in the middle of this huge project at work. And I was like, I can't leave work and go get my blood work done today. And I, And then it was sort of I had this, this like moment where i was like what are you doing you have to go and you have to, you have to find out what's wrong so i did and i i went and i had my blood work done that day and then a week later i went to go meet with this doctor and i spent i think it was it was at least 4 hours with her it might have been up to 5 hours i spent a solid half of the day in her office and i talked to her about my entire history and all of my symptoms And I told her about symptoms like this, you know, this feeling drunk and feeling out of body, which I really never had told anyone. And for the first time, she was like, yep, I hear it all the time, understand. And all of these symptoms that never seem to make sense to anybody else or any other doctor or had been dismissed by every other doctor. She was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I hear this all the time. I totally get it. And in fact, she was able to explain to me, she drew at like a pathway of some of the nerves and like some of the herniated discs in my back. And she, t- she basically was able to tie all, so many of my symptoms together and provide a rationale for why I was having those symptoms. And she did all of that before she even showed me my blood work. We talked for hours and she was like, yep, I'm, this all makes sense to me. I've heard all of this before. And I, for the first time I was like, oh my God, somebody understands me. And somebody doesn't think I'm totally nuts for having all of these symptoms. And she's like, I think you have Lyme disease. And she's like, let's just, let's just open this, this, you know, packet of paper and see what your, what your blood work says. And sure enough, on the first page, the the numbers on the blood work were like just sky, sky high. And she was like, well, there, there it is. The clinical diagnosis of all your symptoms that you just explained to me. And then all of the blood work is right here to support it.
1: Now, Courtney, was this another blood test from a, a local lab like quest? Or was this a blood test from a private lab that is more accurate in testing for Lyme disease?
2: Yeah, this is, a blood, this is blood work from a private lab. And in fact, it was a blood work from two private labs.
1: Do you recall the names of these two private labs?
2: One is Igenix and the other one, totally going out of my head.
1: Igenix is absolutely one of the best testing labs in the, in the world for Lyme disease and yeah. other diseases. So it's great that you guys went that route to get the proper diagnosis, which took you almost 20 years to get diagnosed after your symptoms began. What is your plan with your doctor moving forward to finally heal from this Lyme disease? And, and did you have other tick diseases as well?
2: I did. So I had Lyme disease. I had Babesia, Bartonella, and then a couple of other more obscure ones. And so what we did, she was a she's a big believer in antibiotics. And she broke down the science for me. She gave me studies. She gave me you know all kinds of information about the bacteria and the way that it grows and And the benefits of antibiotics so i took a combination of antibiotics and essentially each of them was designed to kill the bacteria at a different stage because i think as many people are aware but some may not be but lyme is an incredibly stealth bacteria as are babesia and bartonella and they can hide in your system and they transform in your system so she's a she was a big believer in antibiotics and these different combinations of antibiotics to get them in at the different phases so I did a combination of oral and uh, IV antibiotics, and I did those for about six to nine months. Um, I started on oral antibiotics, and then I went to IV antibiotics. And the one thing, when I was you know, sitting in her office that day, and I got the diagnosis, and we talked about the plan, I, I thought, okay, this is great. Like, I have a diagnosis. We have a plan. There's just some antibiotics we need to take. It'll, it'll be a few months. And I'll feel great and life life will go back to normal. And she said to me, she's like, I just want you to know, things very often will get worse before they get better. And I was like, all right, you know, my maybe my symptoms will get a little worse, but still a couple months and and we'll be back to normal. I I wasn't so prepared for what was to come and how much worse things could have could get and in fact did get.
1: Courtney, on that note, can you talk to us about the herxing that you had and how you felt worse before you felt better?
2: Yeah. So she what she had told me was that a lot of your symptoms could be exacerbated from all of these antibiotics. And I got incredibly sick. It started off where my mental, it, it my symptoms were all very neurologic. And so the neurologic piece of it started to get worse. So an example was last July, my husband and I had gone, we had already planned a trip. To go to Montreal before I was diagnosed. And so we said, All right, we're gonna go away for the weekend. Maybe it'll be good. We'll relax a little. So we were sitting at a at a restaurant in Montreal. This was July. I had shorts and a t shirt on and I looked at him and I was like, Why am I wearing shorts and a t shirt? It's January. And he looked at me and he he I could see the fear in his eyes. And I I in the back somewhere I knew that what I was saying didn't make sense, but I really believed that it was January. And I was so disoriented and so confused about what time of the year it was and where we were. And then suddenly I snapped out of it, but I had a a couple of those moments where those feelings of like disorientation and, and not knowing what was going on or who I was or where where I was, those definitely got worse. I also went through periods of time where I was just in bed for days because every time I, every time I moved, I would just get incredibly nauseous. There were days where I just couldn't pick my head up off the pillow without getting sick. I had a lot of issues with dizziness and blurred vision. And um, those are symptoms that I had had before I was diagnosed. And when I started on the antibiotic, if I rode in the car, if we went too fast in the car, I I, I was told not to drive because I really couldn't or I couldn't see at all when I drove. So I stopped driving. But when I rode in a car, I would get incredibly dizzy and incredibly nauseous. I was exhausted. I I literally couldn't even, I mean, for me to like get out of bed and get downstairs was a pretty big feat. I had a lot of sensitivity to light that also got way worse. I tried last summer when I was, you know, just starting on these antibiotics. I was actually just telling the story to somebody last night, but I was trying to keep my kids' life as normal as as possible and I didn't want this to impact them and we had gone out to a movie one day and I had to leave the movie because the light and the noise it made me so dizzy and so sick and I I sat in the parking lot on the floor with my head like in between my knees and just curled up in a ball waited for my husband to come out with my kids because it like just all of that sensory overload just made me so so sick.
1: Was there a point when you decided to take an alternative path to antibiotics?
2: I mean, I really felt just awful. And it was just months of feeling awful. And in my gut, I was like, this is just, something is not right. Like I know you get worse before you get better. And this is a long, I, I, what I learned was, you know, you didn't get this sick overnight, so you're not gonna get better overnight. So this is a long-term, you know, you have to be patient and it takes a long time to get better. So part of me was was you know okay with that, and the other part of me was like this just something isn't right. This isn't this isn't helping me. And then I started having allergic reactions to my IVs, and they're basically there was almost no antibiotics left for me to take because I was allergic to pretty much everything. At that point, I was like, this is we were my you know my doctor was trying to come up with new combinations of things of what we were left with and I was like you know what I can't do this anymore this is just not this is not working and she when I I had gone in to see her and I really in my gut I was gonna just tell her this I need to stop and she when she saw my blood work at that visit she said it to me before I had to even say it to her because my basically my whole body was shutting down and all of my systems were crashing, which was an incredibly scary place to be. So at that point, she said, let's just take a break. Your body needs to, it needs to have some time to recover. And coincidentally, I had talked to a friend of mine who had, her daughter had had Lyme and she gave me some suggestions for other other people to talk to and other doctors to see and she recommended a kinesiologist and I was like I don't even know what a kinesiologist is but at this point I will go see anyone and do anything because it was I was just at complete rock bottom at that point so I called this kinesiologist office and I said can you tell me what you do because I'd like to make an appointment but I have no idea what you even do and the receptionist I couldn't even really explain it to me but but I said "I, I, I don't care I really don't care I'll just I'm going to come because I've heard that this kinesiologist had had successfully treated some other folks with Lyme so I went and had no idea what to expect but I was like I said willing to try anything at that point and and that course of holistic natural treatment through this kinesi- kinesiologist really has been what's helped me so far.
1: Courtney, aside from the treatment that you received in the beginning with the antibiotics and then the kinesiologist and the treatment with your herbs, did you do anything else to help treat your symptoms?
2: It did. Along the way, I did biomagnetism therapy. I did ozone therapy, which I also had a terrible allergic reaction to because there was sulfur in the IV, so I had a terrible allergic reaction to that. I do a lot of like detox support like infrared saunas and Epsom self baths, and um, I've tried acupuncture, massage.
1: So Courtney, one of the things that's new to us here at Tick Camp is the biomagnetism. Can you talk to our listeners about what that is?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. And I found this doctor who practices this biomagnetism through, again, another, another connection in the Lyme world and somebody who he had really sort of been been their kind of golden ticket to, to wellness. So it's essentially, the idea is that it helps to rebalance your body and it helps to rebalance some of the, like the pH levels in your body. And so they put, they place magnets all over your body. They kind of can find areas in your body where things are imbalanced and they place um, the basically red and black and, you know, positive and negative magnets throughout your body. And essentially it's the, the thought is that it helps move infection through your body and out of where it's hiding so that your immune system can then help take care of it. And when I went to go see this doctor, he told me that most people, most that he sees have like 10 to 15 magnets on their body during a session. And I had over 200.
1: So, Courtney, you were diagnosed a year ago and began treatment a year ago, and clearly you've come a long way. Tried a wide variety of, of therapies and treatments. How are you feeling today?
2: So today, I finally can say that I'm starting to feel much, much better. I think it's not something where I woke up one day and said, "Wow, like I feel great." It's um, I, I definitely feel better, and I think, but it's. It's I have to look back and say, what was life like a year ago at this point? What was life like two years ago at this point? And then when I do that, I can say, oh my God, I I do feel better. I can do things that I used to. I have more energy. I feel more present in my life. I feel just overall healthier. I I think for me, one of the realizations that I've had recently is that Unfortunately, because I've been sick for so long and the destruction that these infections and bacteria can do to your body over the long term is that it's not something that you treat for a year and move on with your life. It's going to be something that I'm going to be battling with every day for the rest of my life. And so I think, you know, I think I just have to accept that and understand that. And Know that that is what it is, but if I if I manage my health in the right way and you know manage what I eat and and my stress levels and take all the proper supplements and herbs that I that I can feel better and that my body can heal. So I think today I definitely feel healthier and much more hopeful about the future.
0: Courtney, how are your children dealing with your illness?
2: Yeah, so my kids are six and four, and like I said before, I was incredibly sensitive to what this was going to do to them and for me that was one of the hardest parts my kids would there were days where I was in bed like I said and my daughter would just curl up right next to me and she would like hold my hand or she'd pat my head and for me that was incredible because I don't think I will ever understand the impact that it had on them or has on them I think kids are incredibly resilient they can sense when something's wrong, but they kind of they kind of keep going. So, you know, I think they know that. Like last summer, they kept saying, uh, "Mommy, you need to rest. You need to rest. And you need to sit down." And they were very conscious of that. And the other day, I was running around in the park with my son, and he's like, "Mommy, you're doing it!" He, because he last summer I, I I couldn't do that, and so he I think they see a difference. So. I'm hopeful that they were young enough that it it will just kind of it'll maybe they'll remember it a little bit. But in the long term, I'm hoping it's just kind of a, a blip on their radar.
0: One of the guests that we interviewed was a woman named Jolene Desh, and she indicated that because of her tick disease experience, she was transformed into a better mother. And she said part of the way that presented itself was that she was able to identify that two of her three children were showing symptoms of a tick disease. Do you think Mm -hmm. this experience has been transformative for you in that it's made you a better mother?
2: I think it's been transformative for me in a lot of ways. I think that it's forced me to slow down. And focus on what's really important in life. And that's your health. It's your family. It's your relationships. So I think for all of those reasons, it's, it's transformed me. I think for me, I have always been so hyper-focused on my kids. I mean, there's nothing in this world that's more important to me than my kids. I think that's always been there. But I do think from a health perspective, it's transformed the way that I see, the way that I manage their health. So I'm hypersensitive <laughs> to any any kind of symptom that they show. I am um, very careful to watch it. I'm very careful to really pay attention. I, you know, I'm I try not to be totally neurotic when they're like running around in the grass without their shoes on. But I am a little secretly neurotic because I I can't imagine anything worse than having your child bitten by a tick. And my heart goes out to parents whose children have have Lyme. But I do. My daughter sees my kinesiologist, and uh, my son probably will at some point too, but I, I really, I trust their pediatrician in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, my eyes have really been opened to the importance of, and the impact that holistic and, and natural therapies can have.
0: And of course, it's really important to make sure we also take control of our own health, because if we over-rely on the medical community, we're going to be found, and I think your 20 yep. experience is certainly an example of that.
2: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you have to be kind of the master of your own destiny, especially with your health. And you have to, you have to put, you have to take it into your own hands. And you, you really have to, you have to know what you're doing, which is, it's a little scary. But I think that's just kind of a beast at this point.
0: Courtney, before we close, I have one last question. Knowing what you know now, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow morning and you found a tick biting you on the leg?
2: So. I actually think I might be grateful if I see the tick on my leg because so many people who are affected with Lyme never see a tick and never get a bullseye. So I almost think that if you see that tick, you have a leg up, right? Because you actually, you see it. And so you can deal with it. And if you take care of Lyme quickly and early on, your chances of, of, being successful in treating it are much higher than if you let it go for years and years and years. So on one hand, I think I'd be a little bit optimistic on the other hand, I think I'd be petrified because I now know that, and not a lot of people understand this. And I think this is the problem with Lyme. People don't understand how highly destructive it is. And it's not just Lyme. It's Babesia, it's Bartonella. It's all these other things that these ticks and mosquitoes and bugs carry with them that have the ability to destroy so many systems in our body. And it's not this quick 14 days of antibiotic and you'll be okay. And even though that's what a lot of the medical community want people to believe. So, you know, I I do think if you see a tick and you're able to get an antibiotic quickly and take them, take antibiotics for a couple of weeks in the beginning, then, you know, your chances are probably pretty good. But I I would encourage people to know how to properly remove a tick, know how to have the tick tested, and then also to know what the symptoms are to look for long-term. And if you are experiencing symptoms that don't seem to make a lot of sense and can't be put together, then People need to be educated and they need to be able to advocate for themselves and to advocate for a Lyme diagnosis.
1: Thank you for
0: listening to the Tick Bootcamp podcast with Courtney Lamastro. To our listeners, we have a call to action. If you would like to learn more about Courtney Lamastro and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at Finding the Limelight. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, Tick Bootcamp has created a blueprint. That has been inspired by information that has been provided by past guests of this podcast. We would like you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the Tick Byte Blueprint. Please note we would appreciate any input or improvements you would like to offer. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank you for your comments. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.